welcome to another edition of the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and uh, we have a special guest today to talk about a very important topic, really. I mean, this is fundamental to Christianity, and that's the topic of evangelism. And often you'll hear me talking about the social justice movement and errors in the church, and uh, it's important. We need that. Uh, but honestly, the, the core teaching of Christianity is so much more important to grasp. And if you understand that, you start to see the errors and you see the ways in which evangelism has been twisted and all kinds of other uh, practices and doctrines. But we have Jerry Doris with us, Pastor Jerry Doris from Reformation Church of Shelbyville. And there's actually two, um, uh, in addition to Reformation Church, two other uh, organizations I want to point you to that Jerry Doris is involved in, Reformation Frontline Missions. You can go to reformationfrontline.org, and they have tracks and evangelism resources, and also Five Souls Press, uh, where there's a number of other resources and books and reprints uh, of older books, as I understand it. So I'm um, looking forward to talking to uh, Pastor Doris. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be on again, John. It's good to see you and talk to you. It's been what a couple of weeks since we yeah. saw you last year when you came to our war room that we had. Yeah, it's been uh, quite eventful. We've, we've both, uh, in, you know, endured uh, diseases of various kinds and ailments. <laughs> so now, now we're both drinking. I'm drinking tea. What are you drinking? Are you drinking tea? No, I, have, I just have some water to clear my throat. But if oh. people know my voice, they'll know that I've got a little bit of a head cold or something. I sound, sound well, different today. You need some gold myself. river tea. That's what I need <laughs> to send you. Anyway, um, well, I, I'm excited to talk to you about this because uh, as I stayed with you, and we, we just had some limited conversation. You told me a lot about the evangelism that uh, you do and, and even open air preaching in the parking lot and honestly, things that a lot of Christians would find probably unusual or they'd be skeptical. Yeah. Does that work? And, and since your church, uh, it's not that old. You've only been, what, three or four years, something like We're that? We're year four right now. Okay. And, and you, uh, you, you, you planted the church and you I mean, it's growing and um, people are even moving there from other parts of the country, but evangelism right. is certainly one of the ways that this is happening. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your story, maybe your testimony, how you became a Christian and, and a sure. missionary, and then um, give us your thoughts on evangelism. Yeah, sure. No, I, I gave my life to Christ in, uh, uh, I think it was 84, if I remember the date correctly, and uh, the Lord radically saved me. And uh, I remember um, even in my high school, I this was in Aberdeen, South Dakota, that I would stand uh, in my high school and with another buddy who is similarly, you know, radically saved. And we would, he would say, Hey, Jerry, what do I have to be do to be saved? And I would yell out the answers as students were weaving through the, the annex of the school. So, um, <clears throat> during, during that time, I just, uh, I felt very impressed with the Lord that I was to be a missionary and, uh, thought I was going to go right away. And, uh, the Lord took me to, uh, Bible college instead. And then from there met my wife and she and I went to Istanbul, Turkey. We, we were on the Asian side of Turkey for a number of years. And then, um, we thought that's where we were going to be for the rest of our lives. And, uh, but the Lord saw fit to, to bring us home. And I think it was 98, 99, somewhere around there. We'd had our two boys there and we moved, uh, we, we moved to, uh, back to Minneapolis where we had gone to Bible college and then just realized we hated the cold. And so decided to move South and we moved to, uh, uh Louisville, Kentucky here. And, uh, it's there that we've, the Lord has just blessed us. Um, 
I would say it was in, in 2004 that um, I was uh, first confronted with uh, Way of the Master. I think you're familiar with Way of the Master too. Uh, and uh, just the, the good person test and taking people through that. I first opened and preached at the University of Louisville in 2005. And the, the Lord's just blessed uh, us. We've been able to do a lot of evangelism around. Uh, the Lord called me to the pastorate. Uh, that was in 2014. And then in 2017, that group that I was pastoring, I said, it's, uh, I, I suggested that we replant and the elders were in agreement with that. And so we replanted our church in a new location, took on the 1689 as our confession and uh, uh, called ourselves Reformation Church of Shelbyville. And so that we try to correspond with the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, but that's my quick story. So our, our DNA is, is evangelism. Uh, it's inbred in me. It's the, it's the, uh, all of the elders uh, do evangelism. And so our church, um, we go out uh, four times a week, at least uh, more like five times so even right now, we have uh, one of our, our pastors is at the abortion clinic uh, pleading there. Uh, there will be other people that from our church that will be there. Um, we go we go all over. We open air preach at our, at our Kroger, at our Walmart, at our gas stations. We hand out tracks on street corners. Um, we first name basis with our police in, in our city. They, let, they uh, you know, approve of what we're doing. Um, and then we go, that's our small town, Shelbyville. And then we go into Louisville. Uh, we will be at pride events. We'll be at festivals. Uh, we were, you know, University of Louisville uh, football games, those kind of things, handing out tracks, looking at preaching, one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation. So that, yeah. that's kind of a, a quick dump of, uh, of what we do. Well, uh, I've heard it said, uh, I don't know who said it, but a church that doesn't evangelize is dying that it, it, it won't last long and and so that that being a fundamental um barometer by which you can judge whether or not the church is actually excited about the gospel and the things of the lord mm -hmm. and want they want to tell other people and uh and so you, i mean you're doing kind of um i would say more than most of the churches that that i'm familiar with i i like i said i'm familiar with way the master going out handing out tracks starting conversations I don't think I've ever seen anyone open air preach in a Kroger, you know, or a, a, a grocery store or something like that. And so um, I was hoping maybe you could talk about some of uh, the rationale you have and then maybe the fruit that you've seen from some of like open air preaching and going to pr even pride events. That's something I think a lot of yeah. Christians would say, let's get out of town that weekend. Like we don't want to, to be around that evil, but you're charging into it. So um, what's the rationale behind that? Uh, so let me amend something. We, we would not stand in the middle of a Kroger and preach, but our Kroger has uh, public sidewalks that are adjacent to their parking lot and then Kroger fuels. We have a very pretty, pretty unique situation where we can uh, preach to um, you know, several hundred cars and people that are going in and out of that place. And we do that most Friday nights. Uh, we'll stand out there. And uh, then um, Walmart, we've gotten permission. You, you've ever seen like the um, Boy Scouts or whoever, they'll go to Walmart and they're handy, handing oh, out sure. cookies or popcorn subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah, and I would encourage other people to do this. Contact your local Walmart. You can be one of those groups and just stand there. We've set up our prayer station and we've handed uh, on average, like uh, uh, before COVID, we haven't done it since COVID, but before COVID, 
uh, when we would do it, we would do it once a month and we would hand out close to 3000 tracks in, wow. in a day that we were there and we would just take shifts as a church. So we'd have four man shifts. So we'd just cover all the doors and people going in and out of the place. Uh, so yeah, there's that, uh, gas stations, you know, we will go to a gas station. We like gas stations cause you usually have somebody there for probably a good five minutes, maybe where they're standing outside their car, they're listening. And uh, you ask about fruit. I mean, we, the, the fruit of that is, you know, we, we don't do this because we're, uh, you know, we're trying to, it, this may sound weird, but that we're trying to win the loss. We do this because we're being obedient. We believe our, the mission statement of uh, Reformation Frontline Missions is make Jesus unavoidable. And so the preacher, the track giver, the conversation, they're always fruitful because they're always leading everybody to Christ. You're pointing them to Christ. So whether somebody comes to faith or, or um, you know, whatever, whatever we would identify as being a positive result of those kind of things, you know, that's actually inconsequential to what we're trying to, to do. Uh, evangelism is worship for the Christian. It's obedience. It's, it's an opportunity to express the, the, the joy, what we have found, what Christ has done for us. And so we get to do that. We get to, and I kind of think of it like uh, take your kid to work day. You know, you, you bring your kid to work and he thinks that he's doing something. You set him up a little desk next to you or whatever your job is. And he thinks he's contributing, he's doing something and he's, uh, and that's kind of like evangelism for us because God is the one who's awakening dead hearts. He is the one who through the spirit is calling people. He's the one who is emphasizing the words that are being said and we get to go along with him. He's the evangelist and we go with him. It's kind of how I, I, I like to, to view uh, evangelism. Well, but we do see really cool fruit. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I don't want to stop you now that you started that down that track. So tell me, tell us a little bit about the cool fruit. Yeah. So we get people that stop all the time and, and just for conversation uh, to your, our prayer station. I, I love the prayer station uh, and I call that spider evangelism. So it's spider evangelism is where you put out a sign. So that could be like a. Uh, you know, a book table or a free Bible sign or a prayer station sign or something. And you're just waiting, you know, you're, you're sitting there with other brothers and sisters in Christ, you're fellowshipping. And for us, somebody will drive along. We do this in front of our church once a week. Somebody will pull up uh, into the prayer station area, into our parking lot, because our, our church is in a, um, like a, strip a mall, commercial right? area. Yeah, yeah. strip mall. Um, and so we get a lot of traffic that way. So sometimes we'll throw our bodies in front of cars in order to get them to stop. But most, so people will pull up though, and just, uh, they'll, they'll pull in and, um, we've just heard some really amazing things. We had a, we had a lady who came, she was a high school or a college student and she had driven from her college in Florida and had been driving and just wrestling with the Lord and, and knew the Lord was, uh, um, wanted you know, was, was speaking to her. There was, she was under conviction and she said, Lord, just give me a sign. Give me a sign. And so she goes by and she sees our signs. And so she pulls in and I'm able to share the gospel with her. I took her through the law, shared the gospel with her. And then a, a dear sister in, in the church, she said, I forget the gal's name now, but she says, do you want to sit down and pray? Do you want to, should we go inside the church and just sit, spend some more time together? And she's like, yeah, I'd love to do that. She went in there and uh, just, praying. We've, we've had that happen multiple times where people have said, I was looking for a sign and here, 
this sign was and they pulled in i've had wow. people pull up and have um uh, like their husband had just left them they wanted prayer you know we we think in terms of triage what's the what's you, you when somebody comes they are hurt they're wounded and they think this is their biggest issue you know that my husband just left us i left my family left me left the children and that's a big issue and we want to help them um the best thing that i can do for somebody is to acquaint them with christ somebody who knows grief knows pain uh because he is going to walk with them and so we do that uh, we will talk to them about their relationship with the lord um their support group those kind of things um we give we've given food we've given drives we've given gasoline to different people that have stopped for those types of things mm-hmm. um open air preaching uh, some of the some of the best times we have people that come to our church because they first heard us open air preaching uh, Austin Keeler is one of our full-time evangelists in the church. Uh, he supported through Reformation Frontline Missions. And uh, he, in our local Shelbyville uh, group, there's like 13,000 people in this one Facebook group. So it's where you go for news about, about this. And somebody had asked the question, um, how can, uh, or what, is there a good church for me to go to? And somebody said, you don't need to go to church. You can just go to Kroger at this particular time. You can listen, <laughs> you can listen to the ladder man. And so he's known now as the ladder the man, ladder man. Be- <laughs> because he stands out there, but we get people that come. Uh, so right now we have a, a dear brother, Nathan, who has been coming to the church for about a month and a half. I met him at our courthouse. So on Tuesday mornings, we have a courthouse ministry. And so I was there. We have our prayer station sign and 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 free Bible sign. And we're just giving out tracts and praying with people as they go into the courthouse. And so he had come through and I had interacted with him. And he says, I've got to go in. Let me come back out. I'd like to talk to you guys. And so he comes out. We talk. And this is a believer. Uh, he's, as I discern, I'm looking for you know, genuine understanding of the gospel, those kind of things. And he, um, you know, he knew the gospel. He understood these things. I said, said, Nathan, I said, where are you in fellowship? He goes, I'm not. He says, I haven't been for years. I just, I live here in Shelbyville and I just don't know where to go. And I said, well, this is what you're going to do. I said, this coming Sunday at 11 o'clock, you're going to come. I'm preaching. I'm going to be in second Samuel. I gave him the passage that I was going to be at. And um, so he shows up. And uh, after the service, I'm speaking to him. He's just, he goes, brother, he says, it's hard for me to hold back tears right now to, to have found a church that just is faithfully preaching the scriptures. And so he brought his daughter the next week and he's, he's just been coming faithfully he sits in the front Praise row. God. Yeah. That's so awesome. that's the kind of fruit we get. Yeah. Well, there's um, like I said, I think an aversion some have to uh, I mean, you, you have so many different methods that you're using or, or styles. I don't know what word to, to give to that, but you know, you, you're, you're fishing for the panfish with the worms. So they come up and you're also doing the bass fishing where you're throwing the lure out and you're making some noise. Uh, but some people get nervous when it comes to um, the, the latter <laughs> making the noise and uh, being, you know, they feel exposed. They feel out there. They feel like, well, it's not my gift. I mean, I hear this kind of thing a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, the Lord hasn't equipped me to go just talk to strangers. It's scary. Uh, give me some just practical things for people listening who, uh, are afraid of that. What, what kind of things can they do to get over their fear, baby steps? Uh, what, where would you tell them to start? 
Well, so I understand we're talking about uh, stranger evangelism or um, public evangelism versus right. private evangelism. Um, private, if there's a fear to talk to people one-on-one, um, you know, like it's your, you know, talking to your mom or talking, that's a different kind of fear set. And if you're struggling there, you're really going to probably struggle in more of the public setting. But in a lot of ways, the public setting is easier than the private setting. Um, it's, it's almost easier to speak to a perfect stranger than it is to my neighbor who I'm going to see again tomorrow and the day after and the week after and the month and the year, you know, they're my neighbor. I'm going to always, they're going to be around, but at some point you've got to wrestle with repent of your fear of man. Um, and that doesn't mean get on the box and start preaching. We actually do not allow people to pre open air preach unless they are elder qualified. And so we believe that uh, preaching in the open air is reserved as much for like the pulpit is that. So we would not put a young Christian who doesn't know. So for our younger brothers, what we would have them do is stand and just read some scripture out loud. And uh, so they're getting, they're getting a sense of those things, but we're not asking them to preach. Okay. So we've, we have a rationale and methodology behind, behind that. Um, but I would say to get over that fear as a church. So let me, let me just put a, a, another spin on this. I really believe that the church church's evangelism effort needs to be led by our pastors. If our pastor is just saying, Hey, share the gospel. And they're saying, share the gospel all the time in their sermons. And they don't actually share the gospel or model it or create opportunity for the church to do those things in a public setting. I think they're failing uh, their duty when the scriptures are commanded to do the work of an evangelist to elders. So anyways, uh, yeah, go ahead. Are, are, so have you struggled with that? I just want to make it sort of re real for the people listening uh, because, you know, I think some would think, well, this guy, he's just brave. He just goes out there and he doesn't really care what people think and and he's going to share the truth. But um, I know you're human. Um, so, I mean, like when you were first being introduced to Way the Master and starting to get into some of this, I mean, did you have that fear of man? Uh, oh, as well? yeah, yeah, absolutely. The first time I, there was another brother, John Huglin, I dear, love him dearly. He was the one who helped me. I had contacted him. I found out through, uh, through some searching, I'm not sure how I found out, but that he was leading a team doing some way of the master evangelism here in Louisville. And I remember talking to him, showing up for the first time, and then him giving me a stack of tracks. So we were wa walking down Bardstown Road uh, here in Louisville and just, you know, when you encounter somebody, you would hand them a track. And I remember being terrified to hand a piece of paper to somebody. Right. I mean, just like <laughs> quiver, like quivering. I couldn't do it type of thing. Um, but once you step out and you do those kind of things, you realize, hey, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Uh, or more importantly, I don't have to know everything. A lot of, a lot of people think that I can't evangelize because I don't have all the theology that my pastor has. I don't have it all, all figured out. I don't have all the scripture memory. So I've got a lot more preparation. No, uh, we, we are like the, the woman at the well, we just go and tell what we just found out, what we know. And, um, and uh, sometimes we don't, we don't even need to speak if we just hand a track to somebody. Uh, so one of the ways in corporate evangelism that I think is so helpful is just simply a prayer station. I, I call it that, or just a prayer, some, some way that you get your body out there to, uh, 
you know, a couple, couple brothers and sisters in Christ just sitting around with a sign that says, hey, how can we pray for you? And people stop. What's, is that hard? Is it hard to pray with people when somebody comes up and they're in tears or they have need or whatever those things are? They've stopped. Um, you quickly overcome your fear. So we have, to, we've seen a path. We've seen people that were, were fearful, come to the prayer station, um, be encouraged to do that, pray with a few people. And then they step out and they start to do some other things. They may go with us to an event where they hand out tracks and that's all they're doing is they're handing out a track or, or they go to the abortion clinic for the first time. And what they do at the abortion clinic is they literally sit there and they pray. They're standing and they pray. They hear the open air preacher. They hear people pleading, people walking with, uh, with, um, with young couples going in and pleading with them. But their job is just to pray or to hold a sign. So there's, there's many roles that do not require you to, to um, be the guy, be the one that has to know all the answers. But I would say you grow in those mm -hmm. kind of things to, to take inch, inch forward just a little bit. So if you if you've never done something like this, uh, just start with a prayer station. Start with going someplace to just pray with the rest of the group, and that would be how I'd overcome that practically. What about the uh, and that's very good by the way. But what about the the gay pride parades and and um, I don't know, abortion clinic? Right, these are places where you're going to engage probably a lot of hostility, a lot of uh, people that are going to either ask you questions or try to challenge you in ways that might, they're trying to stump you. They're trying to uh, get you on something. Uh, I mean, that, I think there's a lot of fear there uh, for some Christians that they're going to, like you said, be stumped or uh, it might just not even be safe or moral. You know, some of the things you're going to see are kind of like uh, very shocking. Um, yeah. Can you, can you just tell us, talk to us a little bit about that. What, what does that ministry look like? You know, do you have special, uh, uh, advice for people who might want to get into something like that, where it's, it's really light darkness. The contrast can't be any more stark. Yeah. Well, I would encourage anybody to go along with somebody who has done this type of ministry to not go cold Turkey. Um, more than likely in your area, there's going to be somebody that has doing abortion clinic ministry. Just go with them, talk to them, meet up, go have coffee with them. Go one time, Every person who goes to the abortion clinic for the first time is destroyed. You will go home, you will weep, you will be broken. Uh, you, will, you will experience hostility that you did not expect. You will, you will encounter um, a, a demonic um, activity, uh, just the, the oppressive feeling, you know. And then you develop a catalyst to that. The more you go back down, the, more, the bolder you realize that, hey, actually, I'm on the side of Christ. We win the victory. You know, we, you know, we, we're in a different place. Um, so, but start with going with somebody like that. The first time you just had uh, Joseph Spurgeon, first time I went to a pride event was with Joseph Spurgeon. Uh, we confronted a um, drag queen story hour uh, event that was happening at the public library. Was that the one that made news? <clears throat> Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it was all yeah. that. Yeah. It, Joseph was awesome. He, <laughs> he, he exposed that and got it all shifted around. I mean, it's still they're still doing. It. I was even noticing this morning they're still doing it. They they continue to do those kind of activities, but uh, such is the the heart of man and and frankly our city and our government that we have here in uh, Louisville, Kentucky is wicked, and so they support this kind of stuff. Um, but the first time I went, I was unprepared. And um, 
uh, I was I was subdued. I remember Joseph calling me and we talked. He kind of did a debrief on that. Uh, but the next time, um, I was better prepared. Uh, we've made some mistakes on the way. I, uh, as a church, we no longer allow uh, our women to go with us to those pride events, just to feel like it's just not uh, appropriate. Um, yeah. There, especially. So we've gone to. Well, we've gone all over to different uh, pride events, and we have seen some wickedness, you know, like teaching BDM, you know, in in yeah. the facilities there. So uh, that that's for that's for men for our church. Others may see differently there, and I, you know, especially if you've got somebody who's able to engage in that. But yeah. I think you build up to those kind of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. And not no, everybody it... who goes is doing the same thing. The open air preacher is the tip of the spear in those but handing out a track and having a conversation with somebody you build up to that standing and praying just supporting the effort is yeah. is is you can do a lesser event so common objections that you might get you know the bible supports uh, some kind of patriarchal oppression or the persecution of lgbt or uh, slavery you know there there's all the whole list of very common objections that you might get in a setting uh, like that. Um, how do you uh, handle those when when people bring those up and try to uh, stop the flow of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? Do you, do you have like your elevator stump speech, like ready to go at this point, or how does that work? Yeah, maybe we uh, we we first we do not derive our evangelism methods uh, from what people are going, how they're going to react to that. That's typically the way modern Christian uh, the professing church deals with evangelism if it's upsetting or seemingly causing someone to be uh, upset or angry then it's a bad evangelism method and that is not the way scripture presents uh, any of that we go and we share the gospel and we know that we're going to be an aroma of death and we're going to be an aroma of life now there are what we call uh, pelagian street screechers they're not preachers that just go out and their message is you know god hates fags and that, that's not our message well our message is the law and the gospel and um the church even our own church we have uh we have two people in our church right now that are that are former homosexuals uh they are and then and then there's a host of us who are our former have our sexual sin in, in heterosexual ways that whether it's been pornography or lust or adultery or whatever those things are uh, so the church is full of these uh, types uh, of people and so we go with compassion we go with understanding but we do not back down from the scriptural uh you know what the scriptures teach on those fronts yeah um, that's good. That uh, your question. It does. Well, I, you know, I have seen um, uh, even some open air, but uh, more so people who do street evangelism, just going out and trying to talk to people. And that is a, uh, I think what you said about forming your strategy based on objections you're going to get. I've certainly seen that. I've, I've, I've witnessed people who, you know, they're just, they're ready for the apologetic conversation, right? And, um, and, and so not losing sight of the real purpose you're there and not apologizing for the Bible, you know, Hey, sorry, it offends you, but, uh, you know, we're here to, to give you this, this good news of Jesus. That's really good. I think. And cause what are they going to think when you get to hell, when you talk about judgment? I mean, that's about a thousand times more offensive than pretty much anything else that scripture has to teach on, uh, social issues or anything like that. So, um, 
I so I think this is all really helpful stuff. Uh, let's get practical about you know pastors listening to this or 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 even just a layman at a church perhaps, and they are thinking you know my church really isn't that involved in evangelism. Um, it sounds to me like one of the things that you were saying was maybe first step would be set up a prayer tent or something that's uh, uh, just it, it, not quite as confrontational, easier to um, to just start breaking the ice by having conversations with people. Is that where you'd start then? Or, or you know, how would you? Yeah, absolutely. Sp spider evangelism is, is probably the easiest entry to public and corporate evangelism. And so I would get a, make a sign that says free Bibles and you can go online. I think it's, um, books by the bulk books or something like that. You can, we, we buy them a, a box of like 50 Bibles for like a buck a piece, the ESV wow. whole Bible. And we give those out. We've had people stop by and give us, we, we had a, I think it was like 30 leather bound King James Bibles that, that they brought and gave to us. We've in their large print. We still give those out to, to different people. Um, but just do something, you know, have sit, sit on a corner someplace, go to, you know, wherever, even if it's just outside of your church on the, on the street, just says free Bibles and sit there and see what happens. Uh, yeah. Go with another brother or sister in Christ. And what will be amazing is you'll have a, you'll have great fellowship with your brothers and sisters as you're there. And then someone will stop and your heart will just be you know, overwhelmed with joy that you prayed with somebody, you gave a Bible, you give a track. Now I would also get good tracks. I would stuff my Bibles with good tracks. I would always put a track in the gospel of John. So when I'm having a conversation with them, I said, you know, they're, they're taking the Bible from me. I'll say, Hey, here, I put a bookmark in here. This is a gospel track. This, this goes over what we just spoke about. Or if I didn't even get to that, if I was too, if all I did was hand them a Bible, I've given them the gospel with, with that's clear uh, in that gospel track. Now that's what we're trying to do is with five solids press is, is create gospel tracks that are just not gimmicky. Uh, you know, I love Ray comfort and I love the way of the master. That's the only complaint that I really have had is that things get a little gimmicky uh, sometimes. And so I just, that's kind of our, one of our, our hopes is that we can do it without the gimmicks. Well, I'm at, I'm at five. So, so five solids press that that's your, uh, the, the books that you're uh, publishing, but it's, it's frontline mission, right? That's the tracks reformation frontline order. Actually, no, the five solids press does the tracks. Oh, okay. And, All right. uh, and we customize these for churches. I'm a, we're about to have, have two more tracks that we're going to put out, but our good news, bad news track, you can purchase that and get your church's web address put on that track and just get a thousand of them and go for it. Well, you have I, on the front of the website. Uh, so the reformed evangelist, right. Which yeah, is going to make me go there. Hold on. Let me go to see what I, what you're talking about. Isn't this your website? Don't you know what's on your, yeah, website? it is. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I've go got ahead. two things on the front there. We've got the reformed evangelist was, it is a new book that was released here. Um, uh, January 1st uh, with Al Baker and Ryan Denton really encourage people to, to read that book. And another book that we did, but we did it for uh, first love is this book here. Even if none by Ryan Denton, this book will um, shake your world. Cause you know, the, the common idea is, Hey, it was worth doing this evangelism event. Even if one person came, it was worth it. No, no, no. Even if none, it's worth doing this because he is worthy of worship. He is worthy mm -hmm. of our oh, obedience. Uh, so that's the idea there. So you'll notice on five solace press, there's uh, we do have the, 
Jesus never talked about homosexuality. Yeah, I was going to ask you, well. I, I meant to grab one of those. And I think that everything was packed up by the time I was leaving the war room. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That, it, it, it did catch my eye because I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. That's not supposed to be here. I'm like, oh, no, that's that's a track. So that's our uh, that's our LGBT camouflage. We wanted that track for people to be able to take it at an at a pride event. And that's why we made it pink. And what we did is we used that most common objection we use that as the title so you'll hear that jesus never talked about homosexuality the new uh push will be probably this year or the next year will be the bible didn't have the word homosexuality in it until 1946 that'll be the new what happened in 1946 (laughs) uh the the rsv version so the word homosexual uh we haven't it's it's was gaining in popularity and they were the first one to actually use that word in the English mm. Bible. And so the argument is, is that homosexuality wasn't even talked about before 1946. Well, wait a minute. Arsenokoites is, is a Greek word that means what this says. And so it's anyways, it's a dumb argument, but um, Jesus never talked about homosexuality. That is uh, goes through the 10 most common uh, arguments that the LGBT community puts forward to justify their sexual sin and this leads to a gospel conversation i i recommend this track for christians as well because it will equip you uh you know we've had people in our church that you know have a gay nephew or Mm. you know someone who's gay in their family and this has helped them well let me ask you this because i don't want to put you on the spot i guess i am kind of but um so people who you mentioned earlier uh, go find the guy that's already doing this in your community. If it's like abortion ministry, abortion clinic ministry or something. And I'll be honest. Um, I, I know that there are areas of the country. I think I'm living in one actually where uh, like, I couldn't tell you the Protestant churches that would be going to the abortion clinic. I could tell you probably that there's like a Catholic church, which you, as you know, yeah. that kind of uh, activity is generally associated with Catholics. But uh yeah, as far as um, gospel preaching churches, uh, I, it's few and far between in some areas of the country. And so yeah. uh, is this something that, I mean, have you had people come in from other areas who are like, I just want to observe, I want to watch, I want to see how you do it so I can go back to my church? Or is that something you encourage at all? Yeah, we do encourage that and have had that happen. Um, okay. I would encourage people to also, for the abortion clinic, to go to endabortionnow.com. Uh, that's the Ministry of Apologia Church, and they have equipped hundreds of churches. What they do is they'll send you uh, a packet, uh, you know, a, a sign to hold, uh, you know, different, you know, one that says, you know, we'll adopt your baby or, you know, those kind of things. And then the, the best part is that they have videos. Once you're in that church, they have videos that will train you how to go to an abortion clinic, how, what to do, what to say. And then I just contact me, you know, go to refchurch.com and uh, send an email to our church. I'll help you find a church in your area or someone near. And if, if there's not, I'll send Austin. We'll, we'll make him go uh, all yeah. the way out to wherever you're at. Yeah. So <laughs> he's he, probably going to watch this and he's now he's going to like, Hey, yeah, I wouldn't sign up for that. Yeah. So, I mean, cause that, that could be effective doing like seminars or uh, just going out practically. <laughs> I remember the first time I did any open air was at one of those deeper conferences from years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. in, and it was actually in Kentucky. It was in uh, Covington, I think, right across from Cincinnati. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one of the, you know, the conference happened. And then afterward, it's like, let's go open air preaching. And I, I, I had never seen it. I had never done it. 
And it was like, wow, you know, the police showed up. It got really exciting. A drunk guy tried to push me. <laughs> it was like, I was like, whoa, this is, but uh, the thing that stuck out to me was how, um, it's something you mentioned earlier about the fellowship Christians have. I mean, it, it was, in some ways, I wonder how wise it was to go to an Oktoberfest, <laughs> which is where this started. And you know, as the evening progresses, people are not quite as uh, rational as they were um, earlier in the day. But the thing I saw was that Christians were, um, you're very united, very like we're here to battle the kingdom of darkness, to, to bring people out of that into the light. And uh, that kind of fellowship is it's so much richer and tighter and just people mm -hmm. I didn't even know. I'm like, that's my brother uh, over there and yeah. uh, immediate like uh, um, just fellowship. So um, I, I think, you know, that is something I want every Christian to know about experience. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember where I was going with this, but <laughs> yeah, if they, I guess if people can come and see, or if uh, there's ways to, to br bring someone out to, to show a church, um, then I would love for them to contact you and, uh, and, and get that done. Um, I know like in my town right now, there's uh, this Saturday, you know, there's uh, uh, St. Patrick's day parades and stuff. And we have some people from our church going out to that. Um, and I, I normally, I think I would, except I have a, a, another obligation this particular Saturday, but, uh, we just hand out St. Patrick's day tracks and, mm -hmm. you know, that just cause, cause that's an inroad right to the gospel St. Patrick. I mean, he's part of Christian history. Uh, yeah. there's, yeah. you can easily kind of bridge that. And, um, and in our area, there's a lot of Catholics, a lot of Irish people. So it, it makes sense, but every area is different. And so I would just encourage people listening, you know, find out, uh, what would make the most sense for you to start doing this in your area, uh, evangelize um even if it's bible belt central right i thought louisville was bible belt but uh from what you're telling me it sounds like uh that that might have been in the past <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely a past uh past moniker i guess no the reason i suggested austin is we actually have done this and do this for other churches we've actually like done aerial views to say okay here's a great place to open your preach in your little city and, uh, and so given information like that, and then gone, uh, we have uh, two seminars that I'm doing uh, here, one tomorrow night, and then I have another one that's set up for May uh, that, that I'll go, I'll teach, and then the next day we're going to do evangelism together with their local church uh, to, to equip them to do that. And that's one of the ministries that we're wanting to see grow for Austin to take off and, and just go to churches, teach, and then, and then actually lead. In evangelism to show them hey here's how you do it so we'll take all of our signage and uh, we've probably equipped close to 20 churches now where we've uh, either printed tracks for them set them up with their own prayer station prayer flags all that kind of stuff and we can set other churches up uh, yeah. as well well that's a really useful resource i would encourage people to take advantage of and uh and message you so people can go uh to let's see there's three places reformationfrontline.org uh, you can go to Five uh, Solas Press, and then and what's your the uh, church website in Shelbyville there? Refchurch.com. Refchurch.com, so and that's probably the primary place to contact you, right? And any one of these is going to get to me eventually, so uh, or okay. somebody who's going to be able to help. Uh, yeah, info at refchurch.com. That's the email. That, so that'll do it. Um, awesome, and and then you have or right on the front there uh, for women. There's a conference coming up May 14th, uh, Dr. Jim Warwick. So I'd encourage if you're in the area and want to go check out the uh, war room, uh, go ahead and do that. And uh, I just appreciate your time, uh, Pastor Doris. Uh, any final thoughts you have for everyone? No, just I'm, I'm encouraged to, to do this and 
I'm excited to see how God will will use this uh, this conversation we're having. I, I, our hope, our goal is that more churches are making Jesus unavoidable here in America. We need to preach more about Jesus uh, as the as our, our culture slides, as as everything is sliding. This degradation. True churches, those that really want to hold to the scriptures, need to be standing up and saying, "This is what's right in leading people to Christ." Amen. No, I t- couldn't agree more. And I, I, I do have a final thought for everyone with uh, who, who listens to me, because I know I have a niche, right? The people who are listening to this, you're interested in probably mostly error that's creeping into the church and uh, how to, to combat that or where, where it's happening, exposing it. And, and that's all important stuff. And, and obviously I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think that. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, Jesus is the most important thing. And um, it's not about just memorizing apologetic arguments or a certain even um, core set of doctrines. Doctrine is so important, but it, it really is an allegiance to a person, to Jesus Christ, and, and then in his message. And that's who we want to make known and, and we want people to be exposed to. Uh, it's not, not our, our brilliant minds or uh, you know, our, our political positions and how we're going to make sure Christianity is safe in America or something like that. That's, that's not the focus. It's uh, just on, on Jesus winning hearts and souls one step at a time. And, and this is how it's done. So um, anyway, that's, that's my final thought. I appreciate it, uh, Pastor Doris. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how many people uh, reach out to you and, and where this goes. I'm sure it'll bear some fruit. Praise God, brother. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.